Thank you for listening to the Faith Free Lutheran Church Sermon Archive. Today's sermon for the fourth Wednesday in Lent, March 23rd, 2022, is preached by Philip Munfram. If you have questions or comments regarding today's message, please call the church office at 612-824-5527 or visit our website at faithlutheran-aflc.org. Good evening. Um, Thanks for being here tonight. Uh, I'd ask that you stand as we read our passage tonight. Uh, from Romans chapter 4, beginning at the 13th verse. For the promise to Abraham, or to his descendants, that he would be heir of the world was not through the law, uh, but through the righteousness of faith. For to those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise is nullified. For the law brings about wrath, but where there is no law, there is also no violation. For this reason, it is by faith in order that it may be in accordance with grace, so that the promise will be guaranteed to all the descendants, not only to those who are of the law, but also to those who are of faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. As it is written, a father of many nations have I made you. In the presence of him whom he believed, even God, who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist, in hope against hope, he believed, so that he might become the father of many nations, According, that, according to that which had been spoken, so shall your descendants be. Without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body, now as good as dead, since he was about a hundred years old, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully assured that what God had promised, he was able to perform. Therefore, it was also credited to him as righteousness. For... Now, not for his sake only was it written, but it was credited to him, that it was credited to him, but also for, but for our sake also, to whom it will be credited, as those who believe in him, who raised Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered over because of our transgressions and was raised because of our justification. Heavenly Father, uh, we thank you for your word this evening. We ask that uh, you would uh, speak your word to us tonight. Um, in your name I pray, amen. You may be seated. It's a pleasure to be here with you tonight um, to speak uh, to you God's word um, as we've um, been doing our Romans Road, as Jason had kind of titled this um, Lenten uh, series. Uh, We're halfway through it. Um, We had talked, Jason and Jeremy had talked about um, the problem being sin and uh, self-righteousness, and then we had... um, Johnny last week talking about the solution, uh, justification, um, as Christ as our bunker, and um, uh, and we'll, tonight we're going to talk about the mode of the justification that is uh, faith. Um, um, it comes to our namesake here, uh, our church, and kind of uh, I thought it was nice that I would be able to speak on that, being that it's my church here, not that it's not the other people's church, but um, I always find that nice uh, that I got to talk about uh, faith. But uh, what is faith? And for those of you who were at Sunday school uh, this last Sunday, we talked about faith uh, quite extensively. Um, So that kind of set me up pretty good for uh, this uh, message tonight. And we'll be talking about a lot of the same things. Um, As I prepared, I for this sermon, I came about uh, looking at the same things that we talked about on Sunday. 
Uh, we talked about the two types of faith on Sunday, and we'll start there um, with uh, saving faith um, is kind of where Paul is mostly talking about in this passage, but he also talks a little bit about uh, the tutored faith or the virtuous faith um, uh, that we talked about, or reflective faith, as Jason put it, um, on Sunday school. Um, but most of his uh, message here was on the saving faith, the justifying faith um, that we uh, see um, here uh, in this passage, and what it looks like for the believer um, uh, going forward for his salvation or for their salvation. Um, so... The first note that I uh, wanted to make about this saving faith tonight was that it saves, obviously. Um, shouldn't really have to make that note, but um, I think it is important to note uh, that always, that saving faith is justifying faith, uh, that it does deliver salvation unto us. And we'll look at how that is accomplished uh, tonight as well. Um, and that's kind of the first question we're gonna look at. And what does Paul uh, go to for this? He goes to Abraham um, in our... Uh, uh, Old Testament passage tonight um, talked about the promise that Abraham would be the father of many nations. Um, but um, but uh, when Abraham looks at himself uh, now uh, here tonight, his body um, as good as dead, um, as uh, Abraham called her, as Paul called it. Um, he looks uh, to himself and he sees that he is, um, he's dead um, in his sins and his trespasses, as we talked about on Sunday again as well um, in Ephesians 2, uh, 1 through 10, and I'm not going to read it all, um, but I did want to make note um, of that ending kind of last couple of verses for it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not of yourself uh, it is the gift of God and Abraham here um, being the father of our faith is at the same place that we are tonight um, we are dead in our sins um, we are without hope and that's kind of the central message of uh, this passage in Romans verse 18 um, where it says that in hope against hope. Um, and what that is saying is that Abraham looked um, into himself. Um, he could see nothing in him that was worthy or that was um, really to be seen, to be bearing a child, to be the father of many nations. And that is where we are tonight, too, that when we look at ourselves, we can find in ourselves nothing but sin and uh, death from which we cannot set ourselves free, um, as we often hear uh, when we have communion. Uh, those, those words read to us. Um, but as we look to ourselves, uh, we see that we cannot save ourselves. So we look uh, to Christ, um, that, uh, that hope, that promise um, that God has given us. Um, back to my passage here. I really should have brought my Bible up here. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> But without becoming weak in faith, he contemplated his own body, now as good as dead, since he was about 100 years, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. Yet with respect to the promises of God, he did not waver in unbelief, uh, but grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. 
um, that we see here, uh, verse 20 and 21. Yet without, res without respect to God, he did not waver. And in verse 21, being fully assured that what God had promised, he was able to perform it. Uh, that right there uh, demonstrates um, God's saving faith that he grants us. Um, that um, as uh, Gerhardt puts Johann Gerhardt, a Lutheran theologian in the 1600s, I believe, um, uh, was writing in defense of many of the Lutheran uh, confessions um, and from his uh, theological commonplaces on faith. Um, he was writing, and he writes this about, about faith. Uh, now faith, certainly uh, there is knowledge and assent, but also there is full trust of the heart, resting in the promises of a truthful and omnipotent God. And that last part of that phrase is what really uh, caught my attention as I was reading this week, that our faith uh, as a gift from God only works if God is both truthful and all-powerful, um, that is powerful to breathe life uh, into our hearts of stones. And this here is where uh, the surety of our salvation is demonstrated, um, that Abraham here was fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Um, and in fact, if we look back at Genesis, our passage in not 15, but a couple chapters later in uh, chapter 17, um, we see this demonstrated. It says in verse five, 4 and 5 of that chapter, Behold, my covenant is with you, and you shall be the father of a multitude of nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be Abraham. For I have made you the father of a multitude of nations. And right here, that last sentence, um, where God says to him, I have made you already. He had given the promise uh, in chapter 15, but in chapter 17, two chapters later, um, he comes back to Abram, and he says, I have made you um, a father of multitude of nations that the promises of God are an absolute surety. Um, and this is even uh, before Abram, uh, the birth of Isaac is promised. That happens later in chapter 17, uh, that Abram here being 99 years old, uh, God has promised to him that he would be the father of many nations, um, and he keeps that promise, um, but he tells it in a way that it is already a sure thing. Uh, because the promises of God are a sure thing. And we see that in other places in Scripture, too. Uh, we look to Isaiah um, chapter 55, verse 10 and 11. And as the rain and snow come down from heaven, they do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater. So shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed for the thing in which I sent it. And, uh, and often, I think, underquoted uh, passage, um, a verse in Jeremiah chapter 1, uh, God says, I am watching over my word to perform it. Um, that when God grants, um, he tells you your sins are forgiven, he watches over that word um, that your sins are forgiven. And uh, that's what we'll get to here in just a little bit. Um, we see here that God has worked through his promises, uh, through his word, uh, to create faiths in our heart. Um, that uh, in Romans chapter 10 uh, that we're not going to get to in our road uh, through Romans, uh, verse 17, and faith comes from hearing, hearing the words of Christ, um, those words of the gospel, that whoever believes uh, my words and believe, and from our New Testament reading tonight, whoever hears my words and believes him who sent me has eternal life, uh, that is Christ talking, uh, that whoever believes God uh, his promise for salvation. He uh, will receive that. Paul here, after expounding, expounding on Abraham, reminds us of something 
rather important uh, that this faith of Abraham's uh, was recorded for our sake um, also. Um, here in verse 23, now not for his sake only was it written uh, that it was credited to him, but also for our sake, to whom we, um, but also, uh, sorry, but for our sake also, to whom it will, will be credited, for those who believe in him who raised Jesus from our Lord from the dead, he who, ju- who was delivered for our uh, transgressions and raised for our justification. Um, that uh, I heard a pastor say recently, um, that um, it was because of God's great love for us that the price for our salvation had to be so high. And I, it didn't quite sit right with me. Um, it's not that it, God's love was not so great um, or that uh, it was uh, so deep because God's love is both great and deep and uh, everlasting. Um, but it was rather because of our great sin that the price had to be so high. Um, as Paul talks about here, but he was delivered because of our transgressions, um, that Christ had to be sent to the cross to die for our transgressions, uh, but then was raised uh, for our justification. Um, That legal term that Jason always uh, likes to talk to us about, um, that you're legally declared righteous before God, that we are, um, it's not that God sweeps our sin under the rug, uh, that's some of us that we like to think sometimes, but God has dealt with our sin. He has paid the price for our sin himself. Um, and it is that promise uh, that our hearts need to cling to tonight um, for that faith, um, that uh, through God's work um, on the cross and in the empty tomb uh, that uh, Paul points to here at the end of this passage, um, that he was... Uh, delivered for our transgressions and raised for our justification, that we would cling to that tonight um, because those words, that promise uh, there is what our faith uh, is built upon and that is what our faith uh, must cling to. And then Paul also here, um, he talks about the other kind of faith just rather briefly, um, and I wanted to touch upon that as well. Um, Let's see here. In verse 20, yet with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith. And that faith that he talks about here um, in verse 20, that growing strong in faith, it's that second kind of faith that we talked about on Sunday in Sunday school. Um, uh, That, yes, you're justified. There's no sliding scale, as uh, once again Jason often uh, tells us, that uh, you're either justified or you're not. Um, but he grew strong in that, that secondary faith, um, the virtuous faith, the tutored faith, or as I uh, like to call it, that sanctified faith. Uh, you have your justifying faith, or your saving faith, and then you have your sanctified faith um, that trusts God's promises um, outside of his salvation uh, that we grow in, that we cling to, that we can demonstrate our faith um, through um, good works to our neighbor, as uh, Joel talked about, uh, uh, when he was preaching on chapter 2 of Romans, that um, our justifying faith um, clings to God's promise of salvation, um, and that causes our sanctified faith uh, to grow as we continue to hear uh, the words of the gospel preached to us over and over again, week after week, 
um, day, day by day as we read our Bibles, um, that we would uh, grow in that sanctified faith that would cling, uh, that would help us to cling to that justifying faith even uh, more and to share it uh, with others and uh, to demonstrate uh, what God has done for us and uh, that we would love our neighbor through that. Um, and, that's, and that's the nature of faith, uh, that we cling to God's word and that from that we grow um, and demonstrate God's word um, to others around us. Um, so uh, I thank you. Um, and uh, I pray tonight uh, that that would be our uh, prayer this week, that we would cling uh, to the promises of God uh, this week, um, that we would grow in his faith.